Welcome again to another episode of DW Radio. Today we're interviewing author Stephen Brayton. Stephen, why don't you tell us about yourself? <laughs> where, where do you want me to start? <laughs> you go ahead and start wherever you want to start, whatever defines you. I guess uh, <clears throat> I guess I, my early years were spent in the Quad Cities. Um, I lived, uh, I thought, I always thought it was kind of interesting that I lived a couple of hundred yards away from uh, my parents' alma mater, but that the way the school districts were carved up, I was unable to walk across to school when when I would be able to be uh, joining high school. Uh, so in the middle 70s, we moved to southeast Iowa, down to uh, west of Burlington, and that's where I stayed in the area, attended uh, Iowa Wesleyan College. And I think um, in college, and I think even before that, is when the writing uh, bug started hitting me. That uh, I was—I've been an avid reader ever since I could read, and would uh, just hundreds and hundreds of books throughout the years, and uh, have so many books here at the house, and so many uh, eBooks yet to be read. <laughs> I always sometimes joke I'll be on my deathbed, uh, going, "Give me another one." <laughs> <laughs> I haven't finished this one yet, but I attended Wesleyan College, Iowa Wesleyan College, and um, uh, thought I wanted to go into radio. That didn't out, uh, although I did enjoy it. Again, the writing bug hit me after uh, after college, and started writing script or uh, the, the the text, I guess, for a comic book <clears throat> that uh, a couple friends and I had thought we'd put together. Uh, it didn't go anywhere. I managed to get my part done, uh, but he, the artist, didn't fulfill his end of the role, so the whole project sort of fell apart. Uh, but I just kind of uh, kept writing. Uh, moved uh, back to or moved to Oskaloosa in, I think, uh, 1990. And the next year I joined, which uh, you talk about what defines me, I think uh, – I think martial arts uh, has helped me throughout the years develop in ways I probably couldn't even describe. Uh, four years after that, once again, the writing bug hit me again. I could take some of the training that uh, I've had and uh, put it into some stories. So I started writing about a 40,000-word story and finished it up. Didn't quite know what to do with it. About uh, 2000, I met a I met an author from Des Moines. Was down in Oskaloosa for um, uh, a talk at the library, selling his book, and got to talking with him, and started joining a writers group, and learned pretty quickly. But I had a lot to learn. Around the second idea, the, the second story for the series started hit me real hard. So I kind of dumped the first story and wrote the second story. And a couple of years later, started another one, kind of a different genre, and spent polishing and working real hard to get it, uh, to get both stories up and running and, and, and then looking to find publishers. Met a publisher in 2007, I believe it was, and the same publisher again in 2009, and she accepted both of the stories that I had submitted, and it 
2011, uh, both stories came out as ebooks. It was her policy that she would put out, uh, new authors' materials as ebooks only and then print later on. With that acceptance, I dug out that first manuscript from long, long ago and looked it over and discovered that the, the basic day, I just had to dump the crap. And so I started basically at page one and rewrote the entire story. It turned out to be uh, the only book I have out now called Alpha. Uh, the first two stories as eBooks, they were sent back to me when the first publishing house closed. And so she closed and everybody received their stories back. That's kind of where I'm at now. I've got one book out in uh, print. Uh, my publisher a month or two ago had given me a, a few other uh, places that uh, the book could be found. They did finally get on Nook, and they were looking at getting some other places uh, here in the, in, the, in the near future. So that's where I'm sitting today. So um, now you said Alpha. Can you tell us a little bit about Alpha? Well, Alpha started as uh, Alpha started as a, a detective. Sam, that's who I had fashioned my police detective uh, as. He worked out of East Moline. Uh, the building that I uh, put the East Moline headquarters in was uh, a, a building probably oh about a mile away from where I used to live, and uh, so I was going to base the character off of. Uh, I was going to base the character off of uh, Sam, and so that's when I when I started kind of developing Alpha back in the middle '90s. That's who I was originally going to have as the the protagonist, but I discovered that being in martial arts and attending all of these tournaments and business classes and and uh, instruction classes and camps, I saw so many beautiful, wonderful who were involved with the, 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 the sport and saw the, uh, the, the, the talent that uh, uh, they exhibited. And I said, uh, I immediately changed my mind and I said, no, my protagonist has to be a woman. So I usually tell people that uh, Mallory Peterson is me as a woman who's a lot better looking, a whole lot better instructor, and a whole lot better taekwondo person than I could ever be. So she's, uh, she's got uh, similar likes and dislikes that I do. And, and uh, so I started writing it as a, she is a fourth degree black belt, which is at the, I believe at the time, that's where I was working myself up to being um, and sort of surpassed her a little bit, but I've kept her as a, a fourth degree uh, black belt. She's also a private investigator, and at the time I was living in Oskaloosa, I, I, I liking Des Moines a lot, and so I set the I set the uh, her her town as Des Moines. After I dumped the story the first time, it uh, I, I still kept her character and wrote Beta, which was the second story in the in the series, but ironically or. Uh, Strangely, it was the first story that got published. Uh, it worked. Uh, it, it worked as a, a beginning uh, story, an introductory story for Mallory. And uh, 
So after it got published and I resurrected Alpha, I realized I had a problem because Alpha started or Alpha took place in October. That's when the that's when the, the, the story takes place in the month of October. Well, Beta took place uh, takes place in November, and I had a problem with well, how do I go back in time and reintroduce a character and have a story that happened before the first story that came out. So I settled on a now and then type of, uh, of, of uh, format. So Mallory is, uh, is it's in December now and Mallory is telling her current boyfriend about her previous boyfriend who was murdered back in October. She was the one who discovered the body. She was, um, the one who uh, decided she was going to look into the case despite the police objections. And almost immediately she starts discovering secrets about who her previous boyfriend was and what he did for a living. <clears throat> and it gets into just getting her adventures all around Des Moines and uh, uh, solving the case. And that's where I've kind of kept her in the Des Moines area. Um, I've always liked Des Moines, so I use actual locations for the, for the different scenes throughout. Yeah, bring a local flavor to it. Sure. I, I was talking with an author uh, yesterday, and I, we, we got to talking about um, uh, where we live, and, and uh, uh, he had noticed my book was set in Des Moines, and I said, you know, I, I, I envy the, the late Ed McBain who could create an entire city out of his mind um, uh, and, and have it so that people could actually see the city uh, in the books. <clears throat> um, yes, it's based, I think, uh, I think a city is based uh, loosely upon New York um, and the boroughs and the, the islands, but it's an entire, it's an entire uh, new city. Well, I can't do that. Um, I'm too afraid uh, I'll get something uh physically wrong, you know, the, the physics won't work in what, the way I arrange the city or I'll forget, you know, where I put first street. So I, I like to go to the places where I have the scenes. I'll, I'll visit the places um, where I have the story take place. Um, and I'll, I'll sit in the car for half an hour, writing details, a couple pages, notebook pages of details of everything I see, the buildings around me, uh, just the, the landscape. I may not use all of them in the story, but at least I have a, a general idea and I can visualize it. And, and that helps me put it down on paper so that hopefully other people can see it. That's great. I mean, and especially with so many people uh, just joining the author industry on a regular basis, it's good to see someone out there actually still doing the Pounding the foot traffic, you know what I mean. Pounding the pavement and actually getting the research done—that's great to hear. Yeah, the uh, that's that's a lot of how I do research, and that's um, it does take a little bit more time because you actually have to schedule a time to say, okay, this this day or this weekend, I'm going to travel to such and such and look at the place. Now, when I was writing Beta, the the, the story takes place in Des Moines. Um, since I was living in Oskaloosa at the time, I sort of had to. I felt I wanted to put a scene in Oskaloosa. And then it, the Quad Cities. So I wanted to include 
another uh, locale that I was familiar with. Well, I had to make uh, a trip up to the Quad Cities to spend the day driving around the route that Mallory takes and discovered several problems or, or uh, not should say, shouldn't say several problems, but ran into experiences that I did. Um, one of them, uh, the route that I took, even allowing for breaks and lunch and conversation and traffic, I was still done by noon. And I'd started at eight o'clock and the original idea was to have her go until about four or five o'clock. And so I realized the quad cities really isn't that large. Once you start driving around and, you know, uh, mapping out the scenes. So I had to go back and add some time filler also ran into uh, what I think is a wonderful aspect uh, and a benefit of, one-on-one or personal research, um, instead of sitting at home, plunking through the internet, even bringing up uh, Google Earth or Bing Maps or something like that where you can look down upon the town, you don't get to see a lot of the details and you don't get to meet a lot of the people who can answer questions. So that's what I ran into also. And the benefit of that was I ran into people and experienced, I met people who ended up in the story for one reason or another because they had an impact on me. The, the, the rude receptionist ended up in the book. At another place, uh, I introduced myself, told her what I was doing, that I was an author researching a book. It me like, like I'd messed with her Android program, and she didn't know what to do. She was so flighty, she just she flapped her hand at a, 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 an employee directory book and said, look in there. I think, I think there's somebody in there. So she ended up in the book. So it's, it's, it's things like that. It's um, little scenes, um, little details that can end up in the book that are, are so, uh, I think they're, they're so much better than sitting home trying to imagine those things or even finding something on the internet. Because I think sometimes the internet gets a little sterile and all you're doing is, is, is reporting facts and not showing people what is actually out there or what could be out there. Exactly. Life is always fresh. I wanted one of the scenes to be held at the Valair Ballroom. And I hadn't been to the Valair for, oh man, a decade or so at least. And uh, so one of, the, one of the scenes that I had was Mallory chasing after a, a, a missing girl who disappeared into the, the Valair. So I had to go, once again, I, I, I wasn't going to look it up on the internet, and I was in town anyway, so I decided, well, I'll stop by after a meeting uh, on a Saturday afternoon and go look at the place and sit in the parking lot, write down the details. I don't know if anybody would be there, um, didn't know if you know, like a manager or anybody would be there, but at least I could get a, uh, an image of it and a visualization right right write my notebook pages full of details. I went there. Now, if you can imagine, here I am. It's it's a sunny, it's a summer afternoon. I'm in shorts and a polo shirt. I've got a, a little notebook in my hand. And I'm just me, okay? And I'm driving, and the parking lot is full of cars, and which was really strange for a Saturday afternoon. I thought it's too late for a matinee, and I thought it was way too early for any evening type of concert. So I wasn't sure what was going on. But I figured, hey, if something's going on, maybe I can poke my nose in and, and see if anybody's around 
and look in the inside and, and look around. Well, as I started walking toward the door, I see all these Mexican guys in these fantastic Western type clothes and all of these Mexican women in these clothes. And I'm going, I'm thinking to myself, what is going on here? And I thought, you know, there was there a, a special uh, Latino singer or musician that showed up and was putting on a concert, and I, I didn't know what was going on. So I entered the ballroom uh, in the lobby there, and right away I encounter about a dozen young women, senoritas, all in these gorgeous red dresses, and they're performing, they're, they're, they're re- rehearsing some type of dance routine. So I kind of edge around them, and I main hallway, and at the doorway to the main auditorium, security guard, who's about five, six, blonde hair, he's wearing a security uniform. And I kind of walk up to him, and he, he looks at me, and we both look at each other like we know we really, both of us don't belong here. Whole auditorium was filled with hundreds and hundreds of Mexicans, and I'm going, "What is going on here?" And I ask him, and he says, "It's a quinceanera, which is a 15-year-old birthday party. It's their version of a sweet 16 party, and they spend tens of thousands of dollars for this one girl to have her birthday party. And I mean, they put on a they put on a party, and this is amazing. This is this is fantastic. And uh, uh, so I." tell the security guard who I am, what I'm there for. And he says, Oh yeah, sure. The manager happens to be here today. So I managed to get a lot of the, the, the basic information about the Valair uh, from, from the manager. But I was, I was walking back out. I said, you can't make up this stuff. So that scene went into the book instead of Mallory chasing a, a, the, the woman through a, an empty building she crashes this birthday party for a 15-year-old Mexican girl. And I think it worked out a, a whole lot better than what I had originally planned. Just funny. I mean, the, the fact that life intercedes on your story on in so many different levels kind of makes it more, well, it brings realism to the whole whole package. Oh, sure, sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing that all the time, that, that there's always something that's just a little bit unexpected. This scene won't work out because of such and such, or, Hey, here's something brand new we could do uh, with this scene. Um, when I was doing the research to go to the, the final scene of the book takes place at the railroad yard, Des Moines, the Des Moines railroad yard, which is most of a lot of it's under the East 30th street bridge, which is just Southwest of the, the fairgrounds. Of course I had to go there and look at it. And couldn't find anybody to answer some of the questions I had, but I did take. Uh, there's a maintenance road that runs the perimeter of the of the place, and and you know borders some residential area. And there's broken fences and gates and everything in there. And I get back to the place where I find uh, where I wanted the final scene. Well, when I finally get a hold of a representative, I think I had to call Omaha or somebody and get a representative. I was saying, well, I visited your the, the railroad yard and, you know, and, and took that road around and, and you know, was t- trying to talk to people. And he came back and said, oh, I wish you hadn't done that. That's actually trespassing. And we don't want you to ever do that again. <laughs> and so I said, OK, I didn't see any signs, did manage to get uh, what I wanted out of the drive. Didn't get the information from the gentleman, though I had to wait until after I had written the scene and had to do some extensive research on the internet to find just a couple of 
of factual points that I wanted to put into the scene. It was nothing major, but I had to get some uh, a couple of points in, and I didn't get that confirmed until after I'd written a scene. And then I found a gentleman who worked for the railroad, and I said, hey, can I ask you a couple questions? And so I did get the information in the, in the end. So, um, all right, so if we've got your book, Alpha, sitting on a shelf next to two other random books, what will, what will make random customer pick up your book? What, what, what do you want them to get out of looking at that, reading the back of it? What do you think makes your book stand out? Well, I think readers who would enjoy this would be anybody who, one, likes to read, Two, likes a strong female character. I think the aspect of her being both martial artist and a private investigator uh, gets a little bit, uh, is a little bit different. Um, she's not your typical uh, or your stereotypical, you know, hard drinking, hard smoking, divorced three times uh, with a, an estranged child um, solving, you know, who's a private eye in, in a dingy, dusky office and, and solves cases. Um, she's out there as a strong individual. Um, I think I picked the a female protagonist just for that reason that I wanted a strong female presence in the book. Uh, someone who could, who could, uh, kick butt, who could also be cynical, who could also be humorous. Um, I think that aspect is, uh, is a big part of the books too that she can laugh at herself, that she, her, her usual cases are not the ones that turn into huge multi-international conspiracies uh, and get into a lot of political intrigue. Most of her cases uh, that I highlight throughout, the, you know, other than, are humorous. Um, she, she's, not, she's not averse to going out and following cheaters. And she ends up, you know, uh, finding goofy experiences uh, with with these cheaters, um, and or she's not averse to going out and looking for lost animals. Just just strange cases that she gets a lot of the oddballs, and I think that's that's that helps also that it's it's uh, it's something a little bit uh, humorous to you know to break up some of the the awful drama that she is experiencing in her main case. I think I, I had to do that because the, the, the when I was writing beta, uh, that deals with um, child pornography. And I had to be real careful of what I put into the book and, and how much graphic nature I wanted to put into the book. And because of that, I, I knew I had to Oh, I had to separate that. Um, I had to divide that up and, and, and give the reader a break by putting some humorous stories in there, humorous anecdotes or, or side side stories in, in into the mix um, because I didn't want the reader just to be disgusted and turned off and, and uh, uh, you know, just put the book down and saying, I can't read this anymore. Um, you, got, you have to give the reader a break a little bit. Um, Plus, I think it uh, it works good too that people can see a story that is set in, especially if you're a regional a reader within Iowa or the neighboring states. Hey, here's a story that takes place in a local town or a local city of Des Moines. There's too many stories out there. I think sometimes 
set in New York and L.A. and Chicago and Houston and Florida. Every other season, something from Hawaii comes up. And I'm, I, I get kind of tired of that because, one, I don't know those towns. And so whatever you tell me, I'm going to have to believe because I've never visited those towns. So here's a place where I know I'm familiar with. And I think, uh, um, I think other people can, uh, I think that would resonate with other people too. They're going, Hey, you know, I, I visited that town. I know where that place is. Um, I have a, an, a friend, uh, whose grandmother, uh, read my book and she would send, uh, the grandmother would send Kim out to these places and say, here, go take a picture, come back with this. Cause I want to know if that, if that's really, if that's really what it looks like. Kim had to go out and, uh, take pictures of the places that I had written in the books to show that her grandmother that, yeah, these places actually exist and, and that's what they look like. That's, and that's what you want. That's what you want. Your readers, like uh, a good example, Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Uh, one of the things I was really excited about was going to the House on the Rock because he put such a huge scene on it there. And being in the Midwest as well, it's something that's within my reach. So that's something you definitely want to give your readers. I think that's great. Yeah, House of the Rock, boy, I haven't been there since. I don't even remember when the last, I, I don't remember my time being there. I think we had gone there as a, when I was a real little child. I hear it's changed and it hasn't changed. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, can you tell us, uh, where can we find you? Well, I'm on um, Facebook, of course. I think today I just recently changed my picture. I'm on Twitter at SL Brayton. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on WordPress. I have two blogs that uh, get uh, posted on to weekly. Um, StephenBrayton.wordpress.com is out there, and the the name of the blog is Brayton's Briefs, of which I had a totally innocent mindset when I created that, although I've been told that it sounds like I'm exhibiting my underwear collection um, on there, but it's not. It's uh, mostly author interviews, it's thoughts of writing, it's thoughts about uh, taekwondo, um, it's thoughts about, oh, I had some restaurant reviews on there for a while. That got a little more difficult to continue. Um, w- since I attended uh, WizardCon back in 2015, I took over 400 pictures. So there's plenty of blog material from those pictures that I could uh, that will keep me going for years. Um, I'm in the middle of writing a 10-week series of blogs uh, that I hope to be putting up fairly soon uh, regarding uh, communication skills. And then I have another blog called Brayton's Book Buzz.wordpress.com. It's a weekly book review that I've done for, oh, I don't know, three, four years, I guess. I started on, with, with, the, with the book reviews, I started on a couple of sites because I thought, oh, you know, I like to read and I would, it would be great to, to get all these books and, and to read them and, and uh, put the reviews up. Well, then I started getting boxes of books and I realized, oh, um, I actually have to read them, <laughs> which is going to take a little time. Uh, so I have since dropped out because when I moved uh, here about three, four years ago, I dropped those sites I said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, I told him hiatus, and I may go back to him in time, but uh, I got so busy with reading my books and writing the job that I, I couldn't continue with those sites anymore. I was still, oh, months and months ahead 
on the scheduled review, so I don't have any time. Plus, I could start reviewing the books that I had bought, you know, for myself too. Well, I also when I moved here to uh, Carlisle, I uh, hooked up with another uh, site who uh, they send me review requests. I get review. I've signed up on a couple of sites where authors can tap in and request reviews. And so for a while there, I was really busy again. Um, I think the review, my review system is a little different than, than everybody else's. Um, I don't do stars. I don't do five stars or five mushrooms or whatever the uh, others do. I base the books on Taekwondo. The, the, the nine belts out of my style of Taekwondo. That's where I put, that's what I, that's how I rank them. So if it's a really, really, Awful, awful, crappy book with mistakes, uh, characters that are flat, dialogue that's B-movie. You've got spelling and editing and punctuation and grammar mistakes all over the place, and the plot doesn't make sense. You get a white belt, <laughs> and then it kind of moves up from there. Most of the books are sitting around the middle, you know, the average enjoyability level, probably around a purple or green um, I have had a few black belts, black belt books that I thought were really fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed them. Um, everything was per- perfect throughout that I could see. And a lot of it comes down to the, the, the review part of it. comes down not to uh, – it comes down to the writing portion of the, uh, of the review. I do – I kind of uh, highlight the plot, tell what I think of it, if, whether it's standard, formulaic, or whatever – uh, highlight some of the characters saying, well, I like this character, but all the characters didn't have, none of the characters had a description, so I didn't get a visual uh, image of them. And uh, dialogue, uh, how did the, were their voices, were their individual voices, or did all the conversations sound alike? And then I settle on the writing style, um, you know, short chapters, uh, headings on chapters. Um, and then I say, uh, you know, the action was flat or the emotion, there, there, there weren't any emotions uh, being shown, you know, this, this guy's being beaten up and you don't feel his pain. So I, and, and a lot of it comes down to that and the enjoyability factor. Did I, did I really like the book? Would I pick up another one by this, by this reader? So I base it on, uh, tight corner ranks and I'm not, uh, I'm not one of those, um, reviewers who will be out there going, Oh yes, I just, just uh, you know, I, I didn't like this character, but man, the writing was just fantastic. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful book. no, I'm going to say this is weak writing. These characters I didn't like. I didn't. The, the characters sounded alike. This was not a good book. This was not a book at all. This was random scenes put together and thrown out there. And I, and half the time I don't even believe. I, I can't understand who published them or why they were published in the first place. So uh, I always tell it's an honest review. Um, I'm not paid for the reviews, but it's an honest review. And if I don't like the book. Uh, I think there was one story I, I have I have gotten through. I have endured every single book that I've read, whether I have enjoyed them or not. Except I, I I managed to get about eighty pages through this one book, and I said, "No, I can't do it anymore. I cannot." I don't know what the problem was. Maybe I was tired, but I lost. And I could not um, continue reading it. It didn't make any sense to me, and I wrote back and I uh, to the to the company who was had was you know, the promotions company. I said, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. I, you know, I'll continue, you know, if you want to throw me more requests, I'll, I'll be happy to entertain them. But this one particular uh, book, I can't get through and here's why. And I told them and, and uh, 
they wrote back and said, no problem. You know, it's, it's up to you. So, but uh, that's what I always tell reviewers uh, or authors who want to review. Um, go look at the previous, re- previous post and, you know, understand where, what I'm going to be putting down on, on, on for your review. So I've only had a couple of negative responses. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Stephen, I think that's our episode. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, it was great having you. And actually, a couple months from now, I'm going to be looping back on some of the authors. Love to have you back on a later episode. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Stephen. And uh, everybody, you can pick on uh, pick up Alpha at Amazon.com or you said Barnes & Noble, correct? And a couple other sites. Yep, it is available for a nook. Awesome. Great. Well, you can pick up Alpha at Amazon.com or for Nook. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Thank you.